If you wonder about the birds and the bees, just tune in to some Frank and Beans. I can drink my liquor faster than a flicker. I can drink it quicker and get even sicker. I can open any safe without being caught. Too bad. That's what I thought you could. Boom. Any note you can hold, I can hold longer. I can hold any note longer. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Right on. Everybody knows that song. Right. I, I, I've never heard the liquor part. Right. Way. We were like, wait a minute. This liquor speaks to us. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So, uh, welcome to Frank and Beans. Frank and Beans, the podcast. I'm Beth. Sex and Revolution podcast. I'm Beth. I'm Brian. And this is a sex and relationship podcast by two people who, for the record, are not having sex. Yeah. Or with each other. Probably qualified to talk about this subject. <laughs> but. Well, we've just been told in the past that we should clarify that at the beginning of the episode in case it's someone's first time. Yeah, we're not fucking. Yeah. No, we're just BFF. So um, our last episode was a lot of fun. Yeah, we, we talked about uh, dating sex and relationships in the workplace. With Andy Davis. Yes, our good friend and uh, comedian Andy Davis. And Who has had plenty of um, work. experience. <laughs> He's dipped that pen in the company ink, honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best part when he was like, so I have a type. It's co-workers. Who <laughs> <laughs> will end up being, unfortunately, his co-worker for not very long because of the Andy Davis curse. So. Anyway. Poor guy. Fun but, episode. Great guy. Great yeah, comedian. Definitely check him out. He mm -hmm. is so good. Um, and so <laughs> I was also going to say, that I'm just going to bust myself out. Andy came to my Super Bowl party and apparently Andy's drug dealer is the mayor of no fuck around town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those cookies. The cookies. I didn't have the cookies. <laughs> he brought he brought weed cookies and uh, one of our friends ate one and they were like, I am uncomfortably. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't eat any, so I'm still drug free. Right. <laughs> it's just funny. But anyway, um, so yeah, uh, today we are going to talk about the changing gender roles. And we have talked about how we were going to have this episode yeah. so many times in so many different episodes because... It comes up in so many different facets of sex and relationships. For sure. Is that this idea that, you know, in the past, there was always this sort of um, patriarchal society and there were these norms where the man was the breadwinner who went off right. to work and the woman stayed home and, you know, took care of the kids and look after the house and that has dramatically changed over the last 100 years. For sure. It's like the pendulum is coming down to the middle to where mm -hmm. it's probably more equal. Definitely, yeah. And that's not just because, you know, it's been necessary for the way that society has gone, um, particularly for women having to take on these roles, but also it's just become more acceptable because, you know, people are have started to see that men and women are more equal over time, which is a good thing. Um, but you know, there's 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 ups and downs to this, and right. we'll we'll talk a lot about uh, that today. Um, and for starters, you know, uh, I was just reading this article, it's uh, British social attitudes. Um, but it was, a it's like a peer reviewed paper where, um, they were, they were saying over since 1984, uh, for instance, the attitudes of the defender, the gender division of responsibilities. So back in 1984, the percentage of people who agree 
it's a man's job to earn money and a woman's job to look after the home and family was around 45%. Mm -hmm. And now, uh, this was done in 2012. That went all the way down to 12%. It's insane. In 28 years. Yeah. So it's really incredible. Um, the percentage of people agree that both man and woman should contribute to a household income. Um, it was about 51% back then, and it's only going up to about 61%. So, um, but there was a lot of like sort of up and down. Like, interestingly, um, that went up quite a bit in around 2006, which is when we experienced a large housing crash. Okay. So I bet people kind of felt differently during that time period because they had to. There was a lot of people who lost their jobs, who lost, you know, all their forms of income, and, and women had to really start. Sure. Contributing and and, and that makes sense. And but I mean that's huge. Forty forty two percent ish that, that agree that it's the man's job to earn the money and provide mm -hmm. all the way down to maybe twelve, thirteen percent. Yeah, it's really that's crazy. Huge. And you know, if you think about it, like, I mean, I it's just the way that things have gone in society, like, you know, um, I mean, I was raised by a single mom. Mm -hmm. she, I was too. She had to, you know, provide for us. There was no other option. Right. So it's kind mm -hmm. of like, you know, and it seems that that has been more and more common, you know, since, you know, 100 years ago. I mean, people would just got married and stayed married. And, you know, there was because that's the way that things were. I mean, there were, of course, single mothers back then, too. Right. Um, but not nearly the number that you see today. So. Well, and that's interesting, too. And I don't think we've looked this up, but it's divorce. The the, the uh, number of divorces, has that gone up? I'm sure it's gone up since the 1950s. Oh, yeah. But with that, is there also this uh, incline of, hey, this this single mom dual household well that's mm -hmm. kind of two different subjects well we did talk about um divorce rates once when we were saying mm -hmm. that we were actually surprised that divorce rates had gone down a little bit i think it was the episode that we did about um, monogamy yeah monogamy and that was because um the divorce rates had actually steadied out because of the fact that people are waiting longer to get married mm -hmm. people don't you know i'm 37 and i've never been married like people more people are making that decision to just stay single right because, you know, it almost seems like in today's day and age, you're just as likely for it to work out as to have it not work out. Yeah, I think it's at 50% close to mm -hmm. divorce rate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's interesting, too, because, you know, here we go. Um, another uh, statistic from this uh, same study. Back in 1987, the percentage of people who agree that being a housewife is just as fulfilling as working for pay was about 35%, and that has now dropped to about 22%. Mm -hmm. So people, women want to go out and work now. They, yeah. they don't want to be stuck at home and be a housewife. They want to have a career and excel and, and do everything that they're capable of and not just be, you know, well, my body, my, you know, my gender, which is, they're not defining themselves by having to be a woman who's here to reproduce, you know. Right, and take care of the house and mm -hmm. cook and clean, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So, um, yeah, so I think that's a good thing. Um, it certainly reaffirms me as a human being <laughs> that, you know, I am not alone in this. You know, I don't have to just, um, you know, have a white picket fence and 2.3 kids and, yeah. you know, be a stay-at-home mom or whatever. Well, what's interesting is <clears throat> the percentage agree working mothers can establish a warm, secure relationship with children as a mother who doesn't work went up mm -hmm. from 57% to almost 80%. Yeah. 
Wow. Right? It's so strange. Well, it's backwards, isn't it? Yeah, because they're saying they're, well, it's, they're saying that they think that maybe it's just because over time people have seen that, you know, maybe women who are at work, who are working are, you know, you only have so much energy inside you as a person. Mm -hmm. And if you are committed to your career, it's like maybe perhaps seen as you have that much less energy and dedication to give to your children too. And it's not true. And it's not true. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, the fact is women are working more and how that affects, um, children and marriage, you know, mm -hmm. is, uh, definitely different. You know, it's, um, it's interesting. Like one of the statistics here said uh, the percent saying that increasing number of women working for pay outside the home has made it, um, easier or harder to do the following things. Right. So, um, for families to earn enough income to live comfortably, uh, 28% say that the increasing number of working women has made it harder, which is sounds stupid. Um, but 67% have said that it's easier for families to earn enough to live comfortably. Okay. Well, I guess that makes sense because maybe the increasing number of women working, like the people who disagree to say it's, it's harder, maybe they're saying that because if the woman is the breadwinner, she's not, you know, her, her husband is staying home with the kids. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not going to earn as much money as if he was the one out working, which is true because women right. statistically do get paid less on the dollar than and men I do. There's a, there's a statistic coming up that, that yeah, supports that, that, too. that. Yeah. But you know, I think most people are just, it, since the majority agree that it would be easier, that would probably be a situation where they're both going to work instead of just one of them. Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of makes sense. Um, this is interesting too, is the percent saying that the increasing number of women working for pay outside the home has made it harder for marriages to be successful. 50% mm -hmm. and only 35% thinks it thinks it makes it easier. So, you know, apparently women going to work, people feel that maybe that has made it more difficult for marriages to be successful. And maybe that's part of the reason why marriages don't work so much anymore because mm -hmm. you have to have that dual income. Right, yeah. I mean, in this day and age, it's I cannot see how people support a family on on one income. I don't think you can. I no. mean, it's crazy. And you know, also like again, it's that you only have so much energy as a person and if you're dedicated to your career and to your kids, how much do you have left to give to your husband at the end of the day? That's a good point. So, especially if you are dating somebody who requires a great deal of attention, which I certainly have done in the past, you know, I think those would be the people who would well, that would be hard to just kind of like just work and take care of your kids and not have time for your significant other. That would that wouldn't be fun. Well, but OK, here's the thing, though. Also, at the same time, OK, like I look at my sister. My sister is a working mom who has a husband, you know, who's the main breadwinner. But her her main responsibility is the kids. Mm -hmm. But she also uh, has like more of a part time situation as a counselor. Because she has to have that to stay sane. Sure. So, you know, she's fortunate that she has the type of career where she can kind of do it on her own hours and hours that work around making it possible for the kids to get taken to school every morning by them, to get picked up every day at school from her, you know, by her. And so that's obviously not the case for everybody, but there's definitely something to that. Like she has said, if I did not go to work and have that part of my life that is just me, I would go crazy. That's a good point, too. You know, like, and I would totally agree with that because. Yeah, if I had to sit around the house all day. 
and just be like, I would go crazy. Yeah, that would drive me nuts. I mean, but I'm also like maniacally driven to succeed. Mm. And I, I can't, I'm not the type of person that would just be able to channel that through my children. Either that or I'd be like sure. a crazy stage mom or something, you know, like. <laughs> You'd be a crazy soccer mom. <laughs> right, yeah, who just was like <laughs> driven, like, you know, like beat my children to greatness. <laughs> it can happen. Joe Jackson, I'd be the next Joe Jackson. It can you know? happen, yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, like I think my sister would be in that percentage that that say it it makes it easier for marriages to be successful because she's able to have that part of her life that is her mm -hmm. own, you know, that isn't just her whole identity is not her, her family. Sure. So, um, and then, yeah, this is crazy too. It's like the percent saying that the increasing number mm -hmm. of women working for pay outside the home has made it easier or harder for parents to raise children. 74% think it's harder to raise children with women going to work. Makes sense. I mean, and I'm thinking of a scenario to where the husband and the wife are not working the same shift. They're not working the same hours. Okay. So, yeah, imagine that you're working first shift, your husband's working second shift, you're trying to raise kids. Like, that's got that's got to be completely harder. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, one of my good friends um, was in that situation for a long time. And it was tough because, okay, the, you know, one of them was always dropping the kids off. One of them would be able to pick them up. So they had a good system down, but they never saw each other. Right. There yeah. was no time for intimacy and any of that stuff. And so, you know, that can be really tough. And you're both tired all the time because you're running yourself ragged. Yeah. And, and then also, I mean, you know, kids, raising kids, it's not one person's job. It's, you mm -hmm. know, the, the husband and the wife or the man and the man and the wife and the wife trying to be woke. Right. But, um, <laughs> um yeah, and if, if you've got that kind of split schedule like that to where it's like, hey, it's your responsibility to drop them off. It's mm -hmm. my responsibility to pick them up. That splits that in half, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. What do you do? I don't know. I don't know how people do it, really. It's uh, And, you know, I mean, you have to think about the kids, too, because, you know, at the end of the day, if you're working on a system like that, they never have any time to see you together to see what, uh, relationship? what a relationship is supposed to be like. Yeah. I mean, they do it to a certain extent, but... You know, it can't be, you know, probably ideal for them. Yeah, interesting. Um, I don't know. But, I mean, people make it work, you know. Yeah. Like, my sister's situation is... I mean, I think you kind of have to. Yeah, like, you kind of have to, for sure. Right. You know, whether it's a problem or not is... I mean, it, I bet when they're little, little, it's a lot harder. Because once they are kind of a little more self-sufficient, mm -hmm. you know, like, when kids are, you know, five or six years old, and you're having to physically get them ready, right? you know, like, for kindergarten or whatever, like, that would be really tough. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but once they're, like, in junior high or whatever, and they can kind of, like, get themselves ready and get out the door themselves, like, yeah. mom has a little more time to sleep in or whatever, doesn't have to drive them. So, you know, maybe she can stay home with dad and, mm -hmm. you know. Makes sense. Make some lovings or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, oh, let's see. Yeah, so, okay. So this is kind of interesting, too, because this is uh, the statistics on people's perspectives on um, the children's well-being. So what's best for the children? Um, the mother's role. So percent of people saying children are better off with the mother at home is 51%. Yikes. Yeah. It's not as high as you would think. I mean, if you look at almost every single 70% of court cases where there's a custody battle, mm -hmm. mom gets Oh yeah, definitely. mom gets the kids. Unless yeah. there's, you know, you know, a big uh, a lot of evidence that there's drug use or abuse or something like right. that. Right. Um, yeah, like 
eighty percent of the women just get the kids because oh, yeah, that's the, the way mom, yeah. that's the way we do things. So it's yeah. interesting to see only fifty one percent say that that's yeah that they're better off the mother at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also said okay, well I think you're thinking yeah that's wrong because thirty four percent say they're just as well off if the mother works. Gotcha. And then the third the remaining thirteen percent just said it depends. But then for the father's role, the percent saying children are just as well off if the father works, 76%. And see, I think that's kind of, uh, <clears throat> you know, we, we go back and the way that we learn is the way that we're taught and, and yada, yada, yada. And there's this, there was a study done with monkeys. I don't know if I've ever told you this, <laughs> but it's really fun. Um, so there was a monkey. They put him in a room that had a bowl of uh, fruit, but it was electrified. So the monkey went after the fruit, got shocked. Never touched it again. Yeah. So they put monkey number two into the the room, and monkey number two went after the food, and monkey number one beat the shit out of him. So they took monkey number one out. They put monkey number three in. Monkey number three went for the food. Monkey number two beat the shit out of him. This went on and on and on and on and on. The only monkey that knew that they would get electrified by this fruit was monkey number one. Uh Every monkey after that just beat the shit out of the monkey going after the food because that's what you do. Oh, my God. (laughs) And this is kind of that same thing to where it's like, this is what we do. If I learned from my father that you make money, you provide for the Mm -hmm. family, you do this. How long does that go? Right. I mean, not to say that we don't know why we're doing that. I mean, it probably goes back to the hunter-gatherer type thing, but... Well, yeah, and I think, you know, there's there's a lot. And we kind of discussed this before uh, where we talked about how sex like affects men and women differently. And women... um, physiologically get an attachment to mm-hmm. a man like after that process because we are like we're we're wired for attachment mm-hmm. and the reason that we're wired for attachment is so that like we don't like just eat our young or whatever you know what i mean like we have that built into care and love for them because you know if we don't then like they won't survive sure so you know and men have that to a certain extent but not to the extent that women do yeah and I think that's, I mean, it, w- with men kind of being more physical and women being more emotional, mm-hmm. I think it's, I don't think it's uncommon for a lot of people to grow up in a family where their dad just worked. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like if he had to work two jobs, he worked two jobs mm-hmm. and that's what he did. But you, you really don't get, I don't know. I, I, I but bet you know you what? It's interesting because I, I'm sure it has a lot to do with how you were raised. Like in my family, you know. I never saw any woman who stayed home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, well, maybe that's me, why you're so career driven. Exactly. That's why you're yeah. So, my yeah. mom always worked mel- multiple jobs, and even my stepmom always worked. So it's like I never saw this like stay at home woman. Like my whole 37 years on this planet, that was like a thing that happened in the 50s. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people that I know whose moms did stay at home and like had that role. And I wonder how that sort of affects. It probably affects like, cause you know, like me, I'm like, I don't really want, I don't want kids. You know, that isn't something that I'm not like that nurturing yeah, like person, but you know, people who were more nurtured in that way probably feel more like that's more of an important thing. Yeah. So again, the monkey and the fruit. And it'd be interesting to see, you know, how those kids did in school, the kids who had like the stay at home mom how they did in school and what they're doing today versus people who grew up in a single family. But that that's a different topic. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I know, you know, I can tell you like looking at Facebook and stuff and, see, and what people are from high school are up to. Mm-hmm. They're at home. 
Gotcha. They married their <laughs> they married so and so from high school. Yeah. They have three kids. They stay at home and raise or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's just like that pattern that just continues seemingly. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um not but to, I think not that, to say it's a bad thing. No, not at all. I mean, I think it's wonderful if you can do that. Um, but you know, it's obviously in today's day and age, the way that it just costs more to live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like back in the, you know, even up to the eighties you could survive off of a one person income sure. re- you know reasonably but you know it just doesn't seem like that is the case anymore right like working for $20,000 a year people back then didn't have to buy a $600 iPhone let alone four for their whole family yeah you know what i mean they weren't they weren't spending $34,000 on a vehicle that's just a reasonable vehicle you know True. like yeah i mean you could get a piece of a, yeah. you know a decent car that was Six grand, and yeah. that was the end of it. Yeah, and I mean, granted, you know, salaries were lower then, but you didn't have all this stuff that you need to buy now. You didn't have to spend a hundred dollars a month on internet. You know, like there wasn't four cell phone plans that you had to buy. Good there point. weren't an Xbox and a this and a that. Like it's just like technology and the way our lives have gone now is so much less simple than it used to be. You know, yeah, good point. So we've kind of driven ourselves into that corner. Yeah. Um, I remember like mowing the lawn for a summer just so I could get a hundred dollar skateboard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that was big shit back in the day. Oh, to yeah. have, like a nice skateboard. Yeah. And it was a hundred bucks. And I look at that now and it's like, I mowed the lawn for a full fucking summer for that. <laughs> right. <sighs> I remember like I, so I worked at McDonald's when I was a kid. Well, I was like 14 and 15. And this is like the only place I would hire you. And um, I remember like the first summer I ever worked at McDonald's because, you know, the labor laws, like you could only work so many hours a right. week or whatever if you were that young. And um, will you hand me one of those too? Um, the, uh, the labor laws were only a certain way, but during the summer you got to work more. And um, let's just say that the minimum wage back then, <laughs> you want to take a guess at what it was? I mean, I was working back then too, and it was like four twenty five. Four twenty five an hour. Yeah. That's bingo, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> yeah. Four dollars and twenty five cents an hour. Yeah. So, like, literally, my paychecks were fucking nothing by the time right. that I got if they them. Were, if they were eighty bucks, you were stoked. Oh yeah. Well, and that was just it because I can remember the first summer that I ever worked, and it was like I maxed out on hours because I was like, give me all the hours, and I got a paycheck that was like. Two hundred and thirteen dollars, <laughs> and I was like, "I'm motherfucking rich." <laughs> it's like I thought I was loaded, and that, right. and I'm telling you what, I had worked like I had worked a lot of hours in that time period. That's so fucked up. I know, is that crazy? And now it's like I. Yeah, I get a paycheck for fourteen hundred dollars, and I'm like, "Get this shit out of here! Pay, <laughs> pay me for real!" Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. But yeah, back then we didn't have all this other crap that we had to buy, you know, like a cell phone plan for your whatever year old. Um, So anyway, um, then uh, it's interesting because then you also have the whole factor of who earns more now that women are in the workplace. right? And does it matter? And does it matter? Well, uh, the percentage of people saying they agree and disagree with that it's generally better for a marriage if the husband earns more than his wife. Now, back in 1997... Uh, 58 people disagreed with that. So Which fi- is still pretty fucking progressive for yeah. 1997. Like. Yeah. Um, and then 40% agreed. And in 2013, I would have thought that this would have changed a lot more by 2013. Yeah. But only 63% disagreed that it's better for the man to make more. And 28% agreed that if it's better if the man makes more. Yeah, that's, that's only four point, or five points that disagree. More. Yeah. But... Like you, like we said earlier, and I think we're going to keep referring back to it. 
men generally sometimes make more money than women. Yeah. And well, yeah. And I mean, that's just the way that things are is that, you know, it's you're going to get 20 more cents on the dollar than I am. Right. Well, actually, not uh, really. <laughs> I mean. But if you were doing my job, I wonder if you would have gotten paid more than I did. Yeah. And, th- and that's, the th- that's the thing. If we were in, if we were in comparable um, fields, fields, yeah. Who would who would do who would make more who would not? Mm-hmm. Mm. I wonder. Um, and then education too. It's interesting. Um, mothers are increasingly more educated than their fathers. Um, back in 1960, 78 percent had the same education, and now in 2011, that's down to 60 percent. Uh, back in 1960, um, mother was more educated than the father. Was only six percent. And now it's up to 22% mm-hmm. where the mother is more educated than the father. And that still sounds low based on my experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, I think when people are waiting longer now to have families than they used to. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives women the opportunity to get those graduate degrees and that True. sort of thing, you know. And yeah. And we brought this up on the podcast before to where, um, shit, I lost it. Mm. What was it? It was something on this topic. Uh, education. Mm. Oh, um, you know, if if a man loses his job, it's pretty easy to go out and make 20 bucks <gasps> yes, an hour right. working construction. Uh-huh. Whereas a female, it's kind of like, here's your three twenty five plus tips. Right, yeah. Like your, your go-to like easy thing to do if you lose your job is like to the service industry. Right. And, and for men, it's like, yeah, let's go do construction right. and make fucking bank. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, well, and yeah, and it even <clears throat> says that here where the median income for married couples with children in 2011 where the mother makes more, um, the dollar amount was 79000 And then for the fathers that make more is 78000 So when women do make more, they make more. Mm-hmm. But like the percentage of women that make more is not nearly as high. So. Yeah, so that's... Bunch of bunch of good um, statistics on what's what's happening in this gender role change, mm-hmm. the pendulum shift. Yeah. Well, okay. So then you have like single mothers too. You know, like we said, there's probably we didn't get a statistic on how many more single mothers than there used to be. Um, but it's interesting because on that whole income subject, um, a family income with two types of single mothers. So all households uh, with children. Uh, 57,000 is the average, right? All households with children, Mm -hmm. the median family income. But um, a single mother that is divorced, separated, or widowed, her median income is 29,000. And then never married, 17,400. How does that work? And why is it so low? I wonder if there is an association between never being married and age, education. Both? Like maybe, I don't know, there seem to be maybe more single mothers who start out young, who never get to complete their education because men leave more often now than they used to. Because, you know, part of that whole gender role thing, changing thing too, is that back when, um, you know, the man was the breadwinner, Mm -hmm. there was a pride level associated with that. You know, like those men were... You know, that was Mad Men era of like, you know, the manly men and I'm going to take care of the little woman. And yeah, there was, you know, a power struggle there. But at least those men were like, they took pride in 
being that breadwinner. Yeah. It was important to them to make sure like it was part of your manhood to make sure that your family was well provided for. Mm -hmm. And I think that has gone out the window a lot since then. Like now when men get divorced or leave or whatever, like it just seems like there's not as much care in. Well, the divorce rates are on the rise since that level, sure. you know, but also, you know, like, I think statistically, you know, particularly in lower income areas, there seems to be a higher percentage of single mothers who started out early who the father has never even been there. Makes sense. Okay. And so with, without education, without any of that stuff, mm -hmm. um, yeah, $17,000 a year. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm. Oh, yeah. So here we go. Um, the makeup of single mothers. So... Um, in 1960, the percent that were divorced, separated, or widowed was 82%. 14% the spouse was absent, and 4% were never married. Now, the percentage in 2011, the percentage of divorced, separated, or widowed single mothers, only 50% versus 82. Wow. And then 44% of them were never married, and 6% the spouse is absent. So the people of spouse absent percentage has actually gone down and the divorce rate has gone down, but the people who have just never been married, they just hooking up. Hmm. Well, it's interesting because I've met people who have a child with some dude that they don't know about. Like the guy doesn't know that he has a child somewhere. What? Yeah. I'll tell you who later. It's pretty interesting. But oh, like, I think you. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe um, told me about that. But yeah, she had, she got pregnant. Um, he, he kind of disappeared or ran off and she just never told him, never told him. Wow. Yeah. I there's something to that though, because, you know, I've seen so many people, friends of mine that, you know, either got divorced and, you know, I've had so much drama or, you know, like they hooked up with somebody, they got pregnant, they didn't, you know, they, they kept the child and then it's like this guy is in and out of the kid's life, doesn't support financially. And there's a lot of frustration there. Where if you set yourself up for just saying, you know what, I'm taking this responsibility. He's not going to be in my life. So, you know, I mean, to a certain extent, you know, maybe he would, but maybe she doesn't want to take that chance. Maybe she doesn't well, want to deal with the hassle. You know what? I think the, um, I think the motive behind it is he left. Trapping him with a child is not going to make things any better. Mm -mm. What's the point? Right. You know? And you know what? Yeah, that's just like you're going to take the chance of him not being there or not supporting. And then you're just going to get frustrated by all yeah. that. Whereas if you just set yourself <clears throat> up from, from the beginning of thinking it's just me and this kid. Yeah. Then, you I know. I mean, there's something a little. I, I mean, I think that's pretty uh, admirable to, yeah. to take that responsibility full on by yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, those were a lot of good um statistics and yeah. what's going on but how does that affect dating today yeah you know it's funny because we, you know you and i have talked about this a lot because um you know i am like a very strong independent i am this woman who's like changing completely in terms of gender role mm -hmm. and um it has made dating quite difficult i think for me because do tell i am very intimidating to men i can see that I can see that. I'm very intimidating. Yeah. You know. I think it's I think it's intimidating when a woman doesn't need you. This mm -hmm. is that whole monkey thing. Like yep. this is how you've been you've been taught that women need you, mm -hmm. a strong man to provide for them and when there's not an opportunity to do that, what do I do? Mm -hmm. My purpose is this, you're doing that by yourself. 
what's my role? Right. You know, like I don't, you know, I am about to be making <laughs> more money than I ever thought possible. And so when it comes to that, I'm sure a me making more than a guy, very intimidating. It is. You know, it, it, is. it emasculates them to a certain extent. Is it intimidating to you when a man makes more money? No. So I, 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 I that's why I think that that's that monkey brain. Yep. That's that, you know, that's that we're he, supposed to provide. Right. And if we can't, what do we do? Then it, then you feel like, oh, I don't want to, then it makes men not want to be around me because they don't want to feel emasculated. Emasculated. We feel uh, helpless. Yeah. Like, what can we do? What can you do? Just put your penis aside. That's all I need. Piece of, <laughs> I'm just a piece of meat. <laughs> <laughs> Is that so wrong, though? I mean, come on. Um, but, you know, it's like it, it just kind of makes um, it makes a lot of things shift about it. You know, like pretty much the last I can't even tell you the last amount of people I've dated where I made more money than them. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes, OK, well, then do I have to start paying for everything or, you know, it's like where what is the expectation in paying for a date? You know, I couldn't uh, you know, there's I remember when I first started dating, if a guy asked you out there was no question that he was going to pay. Right. You know, but that was probably 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, well, I, who's going to pay? You know, like, are we going to yeah. go Dutch? Are we going to have that conversation? There's a certain kind of expectation, but when you're going out on like Tinder dates and stuff, the number of dates you go out on is more. So the guy probably feels more reluctant to pay because who knows if this is going to work or not. But right. I think it's a sheer volume of go dates that you're going on. Is probably a lot of that. Like guys are probably less. Well, that's that's his, that's his fault. If he's going on three or four Tinder dates a week mm-hmm. and his wallet is empty, that's that's his fault. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> but you know, it's like I don't know. You know, because especially because of the amount of disappointment people feel with all the online dating stuff. You know, I feel like maybe guys are less likely to pay or to want to pay because it's like, well, there's a pretty good chance this isn't going to go well. well see, know? and and. Like, and I've heard that if a woman insists on paying for herself on the first date, she has no interest in seeing you again. Oh. None. Like that is that is her way of, I don't know you anything. You don't know me anything. <laughs> it was nice to meet you. Have a great life. I've never thought of it that way. I've always just kind of gone in, you know, uh, well, I mean, you know, I generally am not ever to the point where I can't just pay for myself. Sure. But I always go into it thinking like, okay, well, it, you know, I don't I have no problem splitting this bill if that's like how we decide it. But for the most part, I haven't ever really been disappointed by a guy being like, so uh, you want to split this or whatever? Like, I couldn't really tell you the last time this happened. But um, but that seems to be a, a gender shift. But one where thing, it's like, yeah. If like, I ask somebody to do something. I'm fully prepared to pay for to it. To pay for it. So this is a funny story. My friend Mandy, <laughs> we kind of went on this double date one time, and it was like her and her boyfriend Kevin, and then I was going out with this guy. I will just say his name. It was Travis <laughs> because you don't want to go out with this guy because he's a total weirdo, and he was somebody that was back in Champagne. And so we went on this date. We were at Buffalo Wild Wings. Her and Kevin, and like they, I don't know if they were boyfriend or girlfriend yet, but they. Um, at the time had at least gone out a few times together. And then, you know, so then it was like, okay, well, Travis is my date. And then we get the bills, you know, like we're like, Oh, well, we'll, you know, like they split the bill in the couples, you know, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. 
But then, like, you know, Kevin grabs it, pays for him and Manly, and then Travis looks at me and goes, so how you want to do this? <laughs> it was like, in front of my friends, really, wouldn't you, like, want to just man up and be like, okay, I'm going to pay for it so I don't look like an idiot in front of all these people. So how you want to do how this? How you want to do this? It was like, <laughs> what? Tell you what we're never going to do again. Right. <laughs> this. Right. <laughs> like, so it was just really like, okay, like, that's just so embarrassing. But it goes to show that guys... Not all guys feel like they have to be this like chivalrous, like, you know, whatever. And I can see that, but I I think that's kind of, I don't know, that's disappointing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I think, I think if, if, especially in a first date, I think it should be assumed that the man is going to pay. Yeah, I think that's fair. And and maybe that's sexist. And I know things have changed. Just be prepared to pay for your own. You never know. But I went, I went on a first date a couple of weekends ago and. Not only did she buy me flowers. Mm-hmm. That was pretty sweet. But she picked up the tab. And like we kind of had this like, no, no, I'm going to take care of it. No, I'm going to take care of it. No, I'm going to take care of it. She's like, no, I'm, 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 this one's mine. Don't play. You know you didn't go back and forth more than <laughs> twice before you're like, okay, you can pay. <laughs> okay, sold. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. But no, it is kind of nice when, when, up, when a woman uh, does pick up a tab. Yeah, you know, and I have no problem doing that. I, pro- I, I definitely, especially once I'm like dating somebody regularly, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm realistic that I know I make more than you just let me pick it up. You know sure. what I mean? And But see, right then and there, that's that that's that emasculating part to where it's like, oh. But why is it so emasculating? Like, why is it a problem? It's, you that, know? it's the monkey number two yeah. mentality of like, this is what I do. Yeah. You know? It's like, I don't need you to pay for it. I just need <clears throat> you to put your penis inside me. <laughs> it's, it's not what I need. Let's talk about what my needs are. <laughs> no, but, um, and you know, and that, honestly, that even goes from the initial approach too. Like, it's interesting mm-hmm. how, um, you know, in the past it always was like the guy would ask you out, right? Right. And even like to the point where you would have like Sadie Hawkins once a year. That was the big feminist like thing where, you know, you had one dance a year where the girl... Ask the guy. Mm-hmm. And that was out of the ordinary. And now you see it a lot more regularly. There's even dating sites where the like Bumble where the mm-hmm. woman approaches the man. Yeah. And there is definitely something that is, you know, empowering to that. Yeah. Um, but then it kind of confuses I don't know. It just confuses other sites and other, you know, like, so who's supposed to approach you now? It doesn't matter. Right. Do you guys feel emasculated if a girl approaches you? I don't know. See, I I mean, I I, I will take Bumble over Tinder because the it, with Bumble. You said the quality is better. The quality is better. And I think then, too, if they approach you, then it's like, okay. She wants to talk to me. She wants to talk to me. She doesn't feel obligated to talk to me because she accidentally swiped right Right. or Or she's been inundated with you know how many other like right you know messages i think for me that's the nice part is because what i hated always about like pof and other stuff was that you would just be inundated oh pof is just wide open and messages and messages of fucking dirt bags and like just inappropriate stuff all the time Whereas with Bumble, it's like, okay, you don't have to worry about all this shit in your inbox. Mm-hmm. You can just go through and see who you want. And like, there's something nice about that. You know, it yeah. takes all the guesswork out of it. But I always wonder if it still somehow makes the man feel emasculated in a little bit of a way. I can, I, I can see the benefits of it. But um, yeah, it is kind of weird not sending that first message. Not, um, 
yeah, not not initiating the conversation first. Mm-hmm. That is kind of weird and strange, and that probably goes back to the mo- monkey number two mentality. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I I can see the benefit in it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny because you kind of made an interesting example earlier of like. <laughs> What did you say about like the Letterman? You know, like Johnny asks oh, you out, and you have to say yes because he had a Letterman jacket or whatever. Right, and back in like, the fifties and sixties. I mean, if somebody asked you out, did you have an option to tell them no? Like, right, you well, never hear about that. It right. was just like yes, Nissa. Like, <laughs> right, like you know, like you know, just you were just so lucky to have yeah. you know, somebody ask you out or whatever. Johnny Lightning, the uh, <laughs> the starting quarterback. <laughs> Of the varsity team ask you out. Right. Are, you, are you allowed to say no? Well, and yeah, I don't know that women felt empowered enough to yeah do that. They were just sort of waiting for, you know, it's like there was no waiting for Mr. Right. It was just kind of like waiting for a guy to decide you. Yeah. You know, like very club, you and, club you and take <laughs> you back to his cave. You know? Yeah, it's like, very caveman-ish. Like yeah. you bop over the head, drag him by the hair, back yeah. to the cave. Yeah. But now that, you know, the roles have, have changed and, you know, women's rights are very important these days. Like, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing with the approach is the approach to, to talk to somebody or try to date them. I've said it on the podcast before. Like, I will not approach a woman in a bar because there's something mm-hmm. sleazy about it. There's something rapey about it, you know, <laughs> like just because we're so angry, it's so ingrained that you talk online to people now true yeah you know whereas before it used to be like embarrassing that if you yeah. would tell somebody you met someone online like it was so embarrassing yeah i wonder you, if you can hear dutch i guarantee it <laughs> dutch is asking his girlfriend out and oh, not taking little, no for an answer his little puppy girlfriend <laughs> no that's her oh is that her yeah she was no. barking she was on barking earlier this is we, we were playing fetch and he was just being so good and she was like hey my Play. man's is over there. <laughs> Play with me. <laughs> it's so cute. He'll be so sad. Oh. So let's see. We yeah. we, we kind of talked about the power shift towards women and to where, I mean, this is what we've been talking about yeah. the last yeah. couple of minutes is that women are more empowered to say mm-hmm. say no, choose their dates. Oh, yeah. Um, if not initiate a date. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Pay unco- for it. Pay for it. Ask for it, pay for it, you know. And, and I think, you know, uh, all the things that go along with you know, those are like the good parts of it. The bad parts before is, you know, there's just like this, mi- a lot of misconceptions about it. You know, there's the man feeling emasculated. There's a lot of people who are probably turned off by how emasculated <coughs> they feel by a powerful woman. And you know what? At the end of the day, with for me, that's okay. Because I'm totally fine being alone. Like, I'm so independent that I don't need to have someone around. So, so how do you get over that? I mean, if 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 somebody has a problem with you making more money, how do you try to... I, what's your response to that? Because that's that's one of those things that it's almost it's it's not involuntary that you make this much money, but um, I mean you've you've driven and you've you've proven yourself and you've made yourself. I worked my ass off to get where I'm at, yeah, and, and you know what? Like, and that's just it. Is like if somebody doesn't appreciate that, then fuck them. You know, like mm-hmm. because for me, you know, like I I grew up with nothing, right. nothing like dirt of the dirt poor. And, you know, I'm so proud of who I am and proud of the fact that I am this like super independent, strong, smart woman who has made a name for herself and who, you know, now is about to be making the level of money I never thought capable of. And, you know, it's just like, 
you know, if somebody doesn't appreciate that and if someone's if someone is feels insecure about that, then that's not the kind of person I want to date anyway. Okay. So they're doing me a favor by being that way. And and two, I think that, you know, for a man to make money, he's probably going to be shitty about it and flaunt it. We've talked before about the controlling of the mm-hmm. bank accounts and whatnot. Whereas a woman, not no. so much. And I'm never, yeah, I'm never like that. Like, yeah. I don't dress flashy or whatever, you know, like have the newest iPhone or they just like, I'm just, that's not me as a person. Like <laughs> you have the, the, the have $60 the- <laughs> Walmart special. <laughs> I do, but it's not because I don't want a nicer phone. It's because I am a little clumsy. And, um, <laughs> if we're being honest, I can't have nice things because I will break them, destroy them, lose them. There was that one night we were out and you dropped your phone and you went straight to Walmart and got another one. I did. And but that's just said, like the nice thing about it is that it's not a crisis when something happens to my phone now. You know true. what I mean? Like if you break your phone, that's six hundred dollars you have to go out and spend on a new one, mm-hmm. or you have to add insurance onto your plan and make it more expensive every month. If I drop this SOB, which by the way, these are the most indestructible phones. <laughs> I have had this one for a year now. Whoa. One year, almost, I guess. It's the same type of one. Okay. Yeah. This specific one, it's been almost a year that I've had it and I have broken it, crushed it, stepped on it. It's been underwater. It's like, and it was like an $80 phone, you yeah. know? And it's like, and guess what? If something happens to it, it's not a fucking crisis. I don't have to go spend a hundred dollars to fix the screen. Right. I will literally just go to Walmart and buy a new one, put the SD card in or a SIM card. Yeah, and and it's done and over with. Yeah, you don't have to wait for the Sprint store to open at nine yep. o'clock in the morning, ten o'clock in the morning. It, yeah, Walmart's open twenty four seven, baby. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and I know because I went there at like eleven thirty that night to go get one. I was like, I'll be back in five minutes, guys. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, yeah, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, um, it's not like you're gonna hold over the guy's head hey wait i paid last time no i paid for the first day i would never do that like it's about time you pick no i mean you're not a fool and you're not going to be taken advantage of no never at all no <laughs> but it, because i've dated people who like you know had been known for like being like mooches uh-huh. and i was like that ain't gonna fly under me honey and mm-hmm. i was like oh you didn't pay your oh no your phone's gonna get shut off on friday if you don't pay the 35 dollar bill well Sounds like your problem. You know right. what I mean? Like, I, I, mama didn't raise no sucker. Okay. Right, right. And that's why, you know, I'm very generous to a fault sometimes because sometimes I let the wrong people um, into my life and I let, you know, um, and sometimes those people think that they can take advantage of me and they are dead wrong. Like, yeah. and, you know, I am super nice until that point, And then you fuck with the wrong bitch if you think that you are going to get one over on me. Yeah. Know? So, so I mean, yeah, I don't, I, and, and I don't see that in most women that make more money than I do, to where they they hold it over your head, right? They, they, no, no, it, it, it's because those women are hardworking and smart and strong and confident, and they don't need to do that, right? I, I, I see it more in men, to where it's like, oh, I make this much money, oh and my I, god, I paid for your this and your that and yeah. your this, you owe me. This. Oh, there is the best story I have. I went out with this guy, and it was funny because he just happened to be like, this is probably God, twelve years ago. Um, this guy who he was like a friend of a friend and he had come into money somehow and I forget how, but um, he asked me out and I was like, eh, I don't know. It's like, well, I might as well. So I went out with him and we went to this club in downtown Champaign and um, he was very like, oh, I'm so flashy with my money, you know, mm-hmm. and he bought like, so there's, there was this bottle of whiskey. It was like Louis the something. It came in like a crystal, like, 
like a crystal vase and it was from like you know the 17th century or whatever and <laughs> and it was literally like $500 for a shot that's stupid which is so stupid to me and i was like and he's like i'm going to get you one and i'm going to get me one and i was literally like don't waste your money on this right. i won't like it right and it's a waste of money right. i i feel like if you could give me a $6 like a Red Bull. Right. I'll be happy. You can buy me that. You might be $500 with a fireball <laughs> and I will be way more pleased. Okay. Trust Speaking me. Speaking of which. Oh yeah. I was just, I was looking at that uh, earlier. We probably need to do one. We have a bucket of fireball, fireball that Santa brought us for Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's in the studio. It's been in the studio since Christmas. We haven't touched it. We're so. going to have to crack that open. Yes, we are. Um, so anyway, um, but yeah, so, so anyway, he, I, I insist that he doesn't, that he does it anyway, because I'm Mr. Big Shot with my money. And I take a sip of the shot and I sprayed it all over the bar because it was so shitty. Good for you. And he literally was like pissed. Like what? You just, you just spit out that $500 like shot. Like what trash are you? And I'm like, I told you I'm trash. Don't smell me this. (laughs) I told you, you want to know what will go right down my throat? A fucking fireball shot. Okay. And that is $5, maybe six because we're at a club. (laughs) But like that told me all I needed to know about that guy is that it was like he was trying to flash his money. I was not impressed by it. And so he like made it seem like I was the one that was, you know, being ridiculous. And it's like, whatever, dude. And yeah. But he wanted to flash his money. And yeah. Like, and it was stupid. And, and when if you any- spit that money all over the bar, oh, then yeah. he had a problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like nothing could been have more of a turnoff than that initial like, look at me, I'm going to spend $500 on this one shot. And it's like, okay, but I don't think that's impressive. Like, right. There's nothing about that that's impressive to me. Nothing. Like, oh, it came in a crystal vase or whatever. Like, are you Ooh. getting a piece of the crystal vase to go with you? No? no. Okay, so what is right. the point? Like, right. It's old, so what? Is it going to cook <laughs> me breakfast in the morning? Right. $500, is it going to also cover my rent this month or what? Right. <laughs> like, does this come with an Uber ride home? <laughs> yeah, really. How so, does this work? Anyway. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just stupid. And, you know, I just don't think that it's I think it's like just, you know, I don't really talk about money when it comes to dating and stuff like that. Because but see, that's the thing, because I, I've heard that, you know, a guy will talk to one of his guy friends and say, this is what I'm doing. This is how much money I'm making. This is the truck that I'm driving. This yeah. is, you know, that's how they get their sense of purpose to women are like, this is who I'm dating. This is what my kids are up to. Uh-huh. So I'm speaking majorities or, mm-hmm. you know. Um, not absolutes, but so yeah, for a man to flash his money like that, that was supposed to be impressive. It was right. not. Right. Um, but men have a different way of how they, how they get a feeling of themselves. Right. And it's totally different from women. Oh yeah, for sure. In fact, I was just having a, <laughs> so, and that's another thing when this, when this pendulum shift happens and you put us on our heads because, mm, uh-huh. Beth drives a better Jeep than I do. Beth makes more money than I do. <laughs> well, no. Okay. So for instance, what like, do I have to brag about at that point? I was just, I was just having a conversation with uh, somebody that, um, you know, I made the joke where I was like, we were talking about potentially, you know, we were, oh, like let's run away together or whatever, you know? And, yeah. um, and I was like, well, you know, I'll have enough money to be your sugar mama now, but I was just joking. Like, and, um, you know, the conversation continues. And then it was like later on, like, it's like, 
well, you know, I don't care how much money you make. Right. <laughs> I was like, I fucking know that. It's like, I was just kidding. Like, you know, cause it's just funny that, you know, somebody would, especially somebody that I know so well would think that I actually like, you know, would care, like would, would be trying to be like, Oh no, I'm, I bet you're really just saying that. Cause you want me to pay your way through life. It's like, you know me well enough to know that I would never actually be your sugar mom. I would force you to contribute, you know, like whatever. So, of but course. anyway, you know, so it's a, uh, it's, you know, it's funny. Like, you know, I, I think that men have everything to gain from the changing roles because now they can shift gears down and the expectations are lower for them. But now that's the, a good point. If, if you could get past this whole, like monkey number two, emasculating sense of, but that just is bad for the women, you know, because you still get to do less and we are still expected to do more. That's true. We have to have the job and take care of the kids and have the house clean I've, and I've everything. Said it before, and you just with, have to do less and less and less. With my divorce, it's like, wait a minute, I don't have to I don't have to keep I don't have to make sure that two little human beings stay alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to pay X amount of money a month and my obligations is lower. Mm-hmm. Why, why wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's shitty to say, but um, <clears throat> I think that's pretty normal with most custody cases and most divorce cases to where it's like, yeah, I just got to pay money. Mm-hmm. That's all. That th- what? Right. That's, all that, that's my obligation now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. And that's just, you know, and then we still have to take care of them and, and financially. And by and, yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, you know, I mean, for me, I mean, I guess to sort of wrap it up, I would say that. You know, the changing gender roles, I, I think, have made it in some ways more difficult, in a lot of ways more difficult for women. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, it's it's easier because now um, I have control over my own life. Sure. And I don't have to live a life that is the expectation of society the way that women used to. Mm-hmm. So that part of it is fantastic. But, you know, it has its downsides, too. Um, yeah. What do you think about when? Do you think men have it easier or harder now that... You know, I, I would say if men could get over the whole um, feeling emasculated or feeling like they don't have a purpose anymore, mm-hmm. if they can get over that, fellas, you got it made. This mm-hmm. is too easy. Don't be too proud to like, you know, uh, share household responsibility. Like if you want your wife to, if your wife is going to make more money than you by going to work and you want to stay home with the kids, that's cool. But don't be afraid to do laundry and shit. Like it's not right. a woman's job to clean the house and, and take the kids you know, to daycare or whatever. It's like, yeah, absolutely. or, you know, watch them all day if they're too little to be in school age yet. Like it's not just a woman's job and that's wonderful. And if it's better for your family, for your wife to go to work, she's going to make more Then you know, just don't feel emasculated by doing something that society says is a woman's job or whatever, you know, well, very well said. Yeah. And don't be afraid to do it. If it's going to benefit your family. Absolutely. Huh. Yeah. Very well said. Cool. All right. Well, um, do we have anything else we want to share on the subject or <clears throat> should we wrap it up? I think that's good. Okay. Well, audience, we ha- I have some news to share with mm-hmm. you. It is a little sad, but it is also not the end of the not world. Not the end of the world, and that is that Drinking Beans will now be a a long distance podcast. Uh, yeah. I have accepted a job in North Carolina, and I will be moving there next week. So Brian and I will be doing the long distance uh, podcast thing from now on. So. Um, 
But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a great opportunity and you'll still get all the same great shows and episodes and everything. Yeah. Um, but you won't be able to see me if you have been a local person who comes to see me do comedy shows and things of that nature. Um, but if you do live on the East Coast, now I will be in your neighborhood. And there you go. You'll be able to see me there. So, um, plus I did hear about this. Um, it's it's like Skype, but it's a little more um, involved. It's called Discord, and I I want to look into it because mm-hmm. as we we can be skyping mm-hmm. or discording, um, but we can also have people watch live and interact with us live while we're recording the podcast. So as we're talking about things, people can, it's kind of like a stream. They hmm. can interact with us and they can ask us questions. Okay. And all we, right. can, we can interact with them. So this may actually be a cool thing for the show. Yeah, absolutely. So it's called. The possibilities are endless. It's called Discord and I'm sure it'll take me yeah. three or four months to figure it out. Right. <laughs> but well, and that's, you know, you'll have to forgive us if like just the time wise, we're, we're trying to knock out as many episodes as we can live so that if, um, but please forgive us if maybe one episode or two at the most end up where I have to call in and talk to Brian. Yeah. We just all have to worry about the logistics of we know how we're going to do it. It's just like a matter of when I get there and unpacking and having time to make Absolutely. it happen. So forgive us if there's an episode or two that ends up a little shitty, but um, we promise we'll be right back to normal in no time. And um, so I had my last show at Black Apple Crossing in Springdale last night. Mm-hmm. Opened up for the amazing Richard Douglas Jones. He is about to have a Comedy Central special out, what? and he is a very, very funny guy. So um, shout-outs to Richard, and um, that was uh, a perfect show to end my Northwest Arkansas journey on, I think. So um, definitely check him out. He has a podcast called uh, Black Nerd Power, mm-hmm. and um, he's retiring those hilarious teacher jokes after... Do you remember oh, no. how it was? Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> he's the, he, had this, he used to be a teacher, and he had this whole bit about like... Uh, the kids that he taught and like what he really wanted to say to them or that he did. Now he got in trouble. So it was really, really great. So anyway, check Richard out. Um, but those jokes are being retired after that particular recording. So, All right. um, so yeah, anyway, I think that's it for me. Yeah. Don't forget to, uh, subscribe on iTunes, mm-hmm. follow us on Facebook. We Leave us a, tw- a good review while you're there. Yeah. We've got a Twitter account now. We're also on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Um, help us out as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And, Share uh, with your friends. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, ask us your questions, fnbpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to our website, which yeah. is fnbpodcast.com. Yeah. We own all the FNB. Yeah. If you want to uh, sponsor the show, that would be a great place to start. Yeah, so. we still need sponsors. You know. So anyway, well, I think that's it. So take care, little Franks and Beanies. Take care, you little Franks and Beanies. <laughs>